Hey there! Thank you for checking out the Battleface podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battleface. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battleface. Hello, everyone. You have entered the battle phase. It is I, your favorite bard, the Midnight Bard. And uh, that wasn't a technical difficulty you just dealt with. That was exactly what I intended to do. It's just making sure Dare's on top of his A-game. It's uh, hard hard to stream after, what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah. Joining me, as always, is everybody's favorite co-host with the most ghost, Hamafan and Borganon. It's, yeah, it's, we, we've already fucked this episode up so bad. You must sure, I mean, like, you, I mean, no, no, we haven't fucked anything up. This is exactly what I meant to do. I didn't mean to go well, into you, the no, title screen no, unmuted no. and then go into the base screen and change like all the mics to muted and then go back to the opening <laughs> completely completely not something that i meant to do and speaking of uh if you are enjoying our technical difficulties here on the youtube stream uh be sure to like sub and share you know spread the love around help the boys grow uh and for all of you listening on the podcasting platforms welcome and thank you for listening if you'd like to be part of the live audience, we are live uh, broadcasting this show uh, every Friday and Sunday on YouTube.com. Uh, so look us up on YouTube at The Battleface and uh, be part of our live audience. Uh, come chat with us while we're on here. Um, what are you doing? Run away this while week? you can. What are you doing this run, week, Derek? Run away while you can. Uh, other than trying to like scare away our viewers. <laughs> And listeners, uh, I've not really been doing anything this weekend other than, uh, yeah, yeah. They've been taking it easy, have you? Uh, no, the opposite work has been kicking my ass. So. I don't know that feeling anymore. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you, uh, every now and then I, I'm like chatting at you, but every like, now and then I, uh, 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 turn around, right. It, that seems to be a common thing that we're doing from Davod. It's just like bursting into random karaoke. Uh, but that being said, uh, so sorry to hear that work has been kicking your ass. I mean, like, I, I relate. I understand. Uh, and you know who else would understand? The main character from ZOM 100, Akira Tendo, who, uh, you know, after three years at his soul-crushing job at the ball-busting factory, uh, he, uh, you know, like, uh, is subject to a zombie apocalypse. And uh, as such, you know, he starts living his best life at the end of time, uh, or at the end of times. And so, like, that's actually a good segue into what I've been watching this week, which is Psalm 100, uh, Bucket List of the Dead. The anime is now airing on Crunchyroll and Netflix simultaneously, it kind of seems, which is cool. Uh, the dub's kind of struggling to st- keep along, and I, I feel like that's 
that has a lot to do with the fact that you know um it, the writer strike the the sag after strike all that you know a lot of people aren't working on anything so uh, I can't believe that we're still in the middle of that. I kind of thought that they would have arrived at, at some kind of compromise by now, but I suppose not. Uh, but, you know, that being said, uh, it it's a fun anime, fun show. There's a review for it here on the channel, uh, a review for the manga, which I read before I knew the show was even coming out. And uh, speaking of that, uh, keep your eyes open for a bonus episode of the Battle Phase podcast this week. Um, I've uh, A bonus episode with guests. Wilo. With guest Wilo, that's right. Uh, basically, uh, I have a lot of time on my hands lately, and I kind of figured that I'd start, you know, just doing extra episodes wherever I could. And this is kind of one episode that happened organically, because uh, Wilo and myself presently are in between jobs. <laughs> and I feel like that just kind of, like, gave us the perfect opportunity to talk about, like, Zom 100, where the guy, like, the whole premise is the guy hates his job and then a zombie apocalypse happens and it's the best thing that ever happened to him. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, Wilo and myself have historically had some really terrible jobs. You know, he and I have actually worked almost like seven jobs together since we were since we were in high school. You know, like... It, There's it, that time you guys were working at Chippendales. Yeah, exactly. There was a time we were working at Chippendales. One time we were Lumberjacks. One time we worked at Tomboy Outback. You know, the the, the usual. Uh, but, so, like... Is it, is it Tomboy? I thought it was Tomboy Hooters. It's Goth no, Girl Hooters. It's Goth... Oh. Yeah. And it's ah, this well, shows you how well I know my... Memes. My dining establishment, dining <laughs> establishments. Right, right. So, yeah, th this is going to be kind of a bonus episode where, you know, like, uh, I kind of sat him down and forced him to watch two hours of it. And, uh, you know, like, we, we kind of discussed it afterwards. And uh, now, you know, you can hear our bad takes. And, you know, if you listen closely, you can you can kind of hear him losing his sanity a little bit. Um <laughs> Uh, is it because of what you're talking about, or is it because he's talking to you? <laughs> it's because he's talking to me. Uh, I was well, going to say, also, if you uh, listen closely uh, to this every week, you can hear me losing my sanity. Also, it doesn't help that I kind of woke him up for it. You know, I was like, hey, what are you up to? He's like, I'm sleepy. I was like, no, you're not. You're watching anime. <laughs> you know? So, like, there was that. And also, I'm kind of a little concerned because I'm in the middle of editing the episode right now. And, like, I... A lot of my takes, I'm like, gosh, I'm going to post this and everyone's going to be like, Bard is very clearly a dangerous radical. Because, <laughs> you know, like a lot of my takes are like, you know, like, gosh, why do jobs have to be so soul crushing? You know, like, can't people just live their dream? And, you know, like in a capitalist environment, it's like, no, make money. <laughs> you know, so I'm kind of like a very hippie minded person in this particular episode. It's going to be wild. I'm going to have to edit it so that I don't sound so crazy. Uh, but uh, you, you know what else is crazy, Dare? Come on, I set you up for it. <laughs> I, you fucking cut out is what you did. I said, you know what's crazy? What else is crazy, Dare? Uh, <laughs> the ban list is here. <laughs> what about the room full of rats? <laughs> uh Ban list okay. alert. <laughs> We're going to start with, by talking about card games as we usually do. We got card game news, we got anime news, and we have video game news this week. So 
uh, for starters, card games, the Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list is out. This is by far one of the worst ban lists ever. That seems to be the opinion literally every time that there's a ban list. is like, this ban list is terrible. Personally... It it fixes some problems, but mm -hmm. at the same time... It's five cards. I, I was going to say... Me. Where's the rest of the ban list? I don't know that it feels like it's a bad ban list. I feel like it's a small ban list. And I don't know why. You know, like, I feel like normally when you have a ban list, well, I mean, you, you kind of... I can tell you why it feels small. is because there's only five cards on the, 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 the list. No, and that, that's not what I meant. What I meant is, like, why why is it so small? Like, is it that the game is more or less balanced right now do you think or is it just because like they were coming up on deadline and they and somebody just didn't remember that they had to balance the game so like last minute they're like oh crap i need to put a ban list together so they they chose five cards that people have been complaining about and then just did something about them right <laughs> so uh we have royal like, gargoyle in the chat you're not too late royal i'm we're, we're happy to see you as always um so well, like the the list itself isn't bad no right it's just it's really small and they only put three things on the list and took two things off that's right which Harold and Gazelle being back at three I don't know why they put Harold back at three because uh, Harold uh, is being abused in tier I feel so like yeah well with tier I mean, being Harold massive. was being abused in a lot of stuff but but the, like the, there's not really a good deck for it to be abused in right now i don't think yeah yeah except for heralds like pure heralds i mean who's playing pure heralds in the heralds i was gonna say in the age of bestials who's who's playing heralds you know like well, it, speaking of this that was the other deck that they hit they hit cash and they hit bestial and then they yeah bestial dragon link uh, probably they just limited magnamut the uh the chaos Oh yeah, in chaos space sucks. That's true too. They, they that, that was something that I used in Light Swarm. Uh, so, forbidden yeah, thus far is Kashtira Arise Heart, and they just decided, you know, like just the boss monster, not even like limited to one, just like you're out, you know, like no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like no, no more Arise Heart. I was like, wow, that was. That was, I mean, like the deck's still strong because the main deck monsters kind of do a lot, right? Yeah, but it it doesn't have like this, which it's arguable that a rise heart was kind of like a very oppressive monster for what it was and how easy it was to summon. Right. Yeah. Because uh, what does it have? Like it has a Dryden't effect where it can banish something on the field and it has like, uh, oh, face down, by the way. And additionally, it has like an active macro cosmos effect. So, which that in itself is triggers the other effects because don't the other cash monsters trigger if something's banished? Yep, or if any of them are targeted, I think, or or if any of them attack, yeah, the, 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 or if you look at them, or if you look at them, basically, they're super volatile. So, if you take a breath, a rise heart makes sense, uh, chaos space. Limited chaos space is a really good card. It really I don't is. Know, like I don't know if limiting it was like necessary. I like I told you before we started, I haven't really played in like a month and a half. So mm. 
I don't know what the current format is, but yeah, it's, it, it's definitely like a bestial hit because I'm pretty sure they play light and dark. You notice that these are uh, Joker's bad day says Excelsior, my guys. Hello. Uh, he, here's something that I have to say about uh, the ban list thus far, just looking at the forbidden and the limited. They hit decks that have been topping recently. So cash and bestial dragon link is what's been hit thus far. You know, just off of those three, because bestial magnema that that's in bestial dragon link, chaos space that's in dragon link. It's in other decks too, sure, but like you know, usually that's where it's a problem, right? Um, and then of course, unlimited we have uh, as you mentioned, herald of orange light, which was a problem in tier limits. Tier limits is kind of not even that great anymore, so we're not worried about it. And Salamangre Gazelle is unlimited now, which it's been limited for a long, long time, and nobody really knew why anymore. It's like, hey, Salad isn't topping in anything. Why can't we have Gazelle back? I'm I'm curious to see if anyone, like, attempts to play Salad now, because they did get, like, quite a bit of new support, and yeah, I yeah. think some of it's supposed to be good. Yeah, yeah. But that's... I was just looking at the picture. I was like, oh, I, hey, I have my solid deck right here. I'm going to go ahead and put the two extra gazelles in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, w- one thing that I pointed out to you, like whenever you sent me the list, and uh, I, I kind of noticed it, and I was kind of wondering if anyone else caught it. Uh, the icon next to the Salamangre Gazelle's name is a ritual card, which is weird because Gazelle is just like a main deck effect monster. It's not even like a ritual. Yeah. As I, I, I saw that, and it's like, uh, like they, they just messed up. Yeah, but oversight on Konami's part or something. How many Solomon Great Coyotes do you play? Is it just like zero because it's a bad card? Or? There's a Salaman Great Coyote? I didn't even know that. <laughs> There's a fuck ton of like really bad Solomon Great cards. Yeah, I know that they have a synchro monster that's like, why even? You know, but like, <laughs> uh, or, or is that Ultra Geist I'm thinking about? It might be Ultra Geist. Anyway. Yeah, Ultra Guys have uh, Fridge Alert, Alert, I think, okay, or something like that. And uh, that being said, uh, you know, speaking of special events, because Royal Gargoyle brought it up, there's actually two special events on Master Duel this month. We have a a special event that's called the King of the Island, which is an event that is a specific monster type. So we have... Beasts, wing beast, beast warriors, insects, and reptiles? <laughs> five types. <laughs> you know, just five. Here, just, just pick pick them. Uh, granted, your deck doesn't have to run specifically one or the other, so you're like, you can run, uh, uh, you know, reptiles in your beast warrior deck if you feel like it, etc., you know? Uh, they did kind of, you know, like immediately when I saw beast warrior, wing beast, and beast, there, my mind immediately went to Tri-Brigade, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play Tri-Brigade. Except that they they made the choice to to ban Tri-Brigade Nerval and Tri-Brigade Revolt. So, like, it, it, you're going to have to fill up your deck, uh, to fill up your graveyard in really awkward ways. And then afterwards, you don't have the payoff of Revolt on your opponent's turn, you know? Melfi's easy. Yeah, Melfi's is super easy. Yeah, um, the- Melfi's with uh, fucking what is what's the big dude, the like three K dude that says summon if alpha opponents. Yeah, 
Yeah. Melfi's with like three alpha. Yeah, Melfi's so with good. three alpha is actually something I didn't think about. Uh, I've been playing Scareclaw because, you know, like Scareclaw. Are they beasts? Uh, they are, yes. Scareclaw, oh. with two exceptions, you know, like if you run the Scareclaw Reichhardt, Scareclaw Reichhardt is a warrior. And so is Visa Starfrost. So you you can't run those two. And then another staple in the Scareclaw deck is usually like Parallel Exceed, and you can't run that. However, all of the Scareclaw monsters are searchable via Rescue Cat. So there's that. Uh, so like I have a small tri-brigade package in there, you know, like just in, in the off chance I draw the Fractal, you know, like I can normal summon the Fractal, make a Shirag, whatever. Um, but uh, Scareclaw is basically what I've been doing because, you know, like all you really need to do is get like two or three of them on the field and make the big guy and then everything else is technically like baguskad. So it's kind of, kind of a fun thing. Um, something that I've seen a lot on here is fire kings i've seen a lot of fire kings i've seen yeah, a lot of beast warriors yeah beast, yeah beast warrior. and garunix is a wing beast so you know like that they're there and uh what's the other one like uh the fire fist is another one you know like i, I ran up against a uh tiger king earlier i was like huh so okay kind of a fun thing uh, the the other event uh, he, here's one thing that I should mention. Okay, so firstly, the loner decks, right? Fire Kings, B Trooper, and Ogdoatic. Uh, I, I hear the B Troopers doing fine, but like Ogdoatic, everyone's like, but why though? B B Trooper was like supposed to be a good deck, and then people realized that it's only good on Master Duel because of Max C. Oh, speaking of Maxi, did you notice that Insect is a type that we can play in this event? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, both times I got maxi I got lucky that I had my cross-out designator, so I was like, nope. <laughs> You're not doing you know, any of that. Could, you could play uh, Paleos in this event, too. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're all trap cards. But when they hit the field, are they Insects, though? No, they're Aqua. Hmm, I wonder. They're, le they're level two aquas. Uh, I wonder. So you could use them to uh, do nothing because I think all the extra decks are aquas. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I wonder I if Konami thought of I this. Know of any, I don't know of any level two or rank twos that can use aquas that are in that, like, the, the typing. Oh, who knows? Because I believe Melfi's require birth or beast. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, the the other event is coming out in three days, and it's a Fusion Xyz event. Uh, the loner decks for which are Lunalite, Lyralusk, and Performapal. All Arc 5 archetypes. Yeah, all Arc 5 arc archetypes. Arc V archetypes. Yeah, it was, uh, you got some Pendulum stuff going on in there. It's pretty great. All of them are... Well, no, I guess Lyralusk isn't. Lyralusk isn't, no. The, the other two are. The other two are, yeah. You got your Lunalite Tigers in Lunalite, which are which are pendulums, and I think like also like a canary Lunalite or something. Wolf. Yeah, uh, and in Performa Pal, well, you have a bunch of Performa Pals that are you know like literally ninety percent of the archetype. Supposedly, they gave you access to like a Lyralusk OTK in the structure deck, in the loner deck. So I mean, 
However, yeah. however Nihilus you feel about that. FTKOTK deck. Right. So, however, you, you just, feel about that. You just got to like hack the game to put uh, what's his face in Neptune. No, I don't. I don't even know what I what I would play. In Why this. haven't we gotten Neptune back? Because it's because like, specifically because Neptune's it does not that great. What are you talking Neptune's about? It copies great. something Neptune, in the graveyard. That Neptune. is that is an insane no. effect. Give us back. Give <laughs> us back. Star or starving venom. No. And give us back Neptune. Absolutely not. <laughs> just know um that that's like asking for like you know like things that aren't broken that's yet, exactly like, asking like mystic mind dude i got so much hate on that team aps post yeah i saw like you, you responded great. to team aps was like yeah mystic mind can come back and everyone was like why do you hate fun <laughs> there, there's like a there's a couple people who like they were like, yeah, I, I could see it. And then just so much of, you fucking hate people? Do you hate fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why do you it's hate just, fun? The one dude, I was just like, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Uh, but basically, uh, you know, that's that's where we are right now. Um, there was, I, I don't know what I'm going to play in the Fusion Exceed event. I just probably gonna play uh, uh, Mystic Mind Turbo. I mean, I I guess I could play Exo Sister. I get really weird whenever they're like, "Oh, it's Fusion and XC," and I'm like, I don't know what fulfills those uh those things. You know, like what 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 like well, what I, archetype does their... both? <laughs> Little Light doesn't really. Luna Light doesn't XCs. I mean, yeah. I guess if you do Luna Light, like time or not Time Star, uh, Time Thief, Time Thief, yeah, yeah. Luna Light Time Thief does both, but Luna Light itself doesn't. Right. So it, it's just kind of a, like a, a really weird thing, you know. Um, but Luna doesn't want to do it, but I mean, you can, and it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that's kind of a funny thing. Um, I don't know. I I feel weird about that event, but eh, here we are. Uh, next up, yeah. uh, we get, we have some new support for different archetypes. Uh, Ice barrier. Ice barriers had a, a structure deck that came out a couple of years back. You remember the ice barrier structure deck, and everybody was like, "Why this one in particular? Ice barriers are weird." Okay, ice barriers are like a fan favorite. Are they? <laughs> but because of the synchros. Yes, okay. No one played actual ice barriers. I was, was going to say. Trishula Embryonic. Trishula Embryonic. And, and I, I think Gungnir was one. banned for a while, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think Gungnir was the other one that like people played with a little bit. But, Fun fact. Uh, did you know that all of the ice barrier extra deck monsters are named after legendary weapons? Trishula, Gungnir, and the other one, whose name escapes me. Brionic. Brionic are all le- uh, weapons of legend in mythology. The, the, the two, like, arguably the two most broken ones, you, you can't remember one of them. Yeah, I can't remember one of them. Brother Gamma says, Ice Barrier! Yeah, uh, Ice Barrier. You know, I think the funny... Gamma, Gamma's the one that plays Ice Barriers. Uh, he found, wouldn't surprise me. found it. the one Ice Barrier fan. Hey, here's the thing. Look, the thing about... Uh, what's it called? 
that the ice barriers is that I talk a lot of smack about them, but there was this one guy at Locals back when the structure deck came out that did like ice jade, ice barrier, a crestron like synchro pile, and it was kicking my ass consistently. Okay, so I like mean, it's one of those things that they have good cards, just the archetype itself isn't that good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he says with pacifist. Why do you hate fun too? <laughs> You and Dare just hate fun. <laughs> uh, but God damn it, Pat. Well, see, there's a difference between hating fun and having fun while doing it and uh, hating fun and hating it while doing it. <laughs> and that's the difference between me and Gamma. Gamma yeah. enjoys playing the, this game. I I just hate it. No, oh, of course. Uh, but, okay, so the thing about it is, uh, you know, like, say, say what you want to say about, like, Ice Barrier. This new support say what isn't. You wanna say? I love that song. The thing about ice barriers, though, is that this support is good. Like the synchro alone is like, what is this? You know, because like, okay, look, let, let me let me read to you what this thing does, and you tell me like how this thing isn't like at all broken. Well, if I could put it somewhere where it's not. There we go. So it says. Uh, once per chain, if your opponent special summons a monster, you can special summon one ice barrier monster from your hand, deck, extra deck, or graveyard, and then you can change one opponent's attack position monster to defense position. Part once per chains are uh, yeah, those are things. And then part two of that nonsense, because that you know it's not over yet. If this face-up synchro summon card in its owner's control leaves the field by your opponent. You can special summon one ice barrier synchro monster from your extra deck. This is treated as a synchro summon. How do you like uh how do you like them apples there? How, how do you feel I about mean, it? Uh, it's good. It's not the greatest thing. The fact that it's once per chain and not once per, once per turn. It is once per chain, firstly, so it'll it'll flood your field. And then secondly, if it leaves the field. It'll pull a Trishula, a Gungnir, or a Brionic from your extra deck? And it counts as a Synchro Summon? <laughs> I want to see people do the old hand loop with this. I want to see Trishula get back. Uh, the, the other ones, you know, have effects also. Like we have, like, uh, this guy whose name is Gorgeous, the Swordsman of the Ice Barrier. Uh, yeah, and if you if you control an ice barrier monster, special summon it from from your hand in defense position. You know, a pretty standard effect these days. Uh, if this card is normal or special summoned, you can special summon one level five or lower ice barrier monster from your hand or graveyard. I think their tuners kind of fi fulfill that requirement. And if they have a, like a level three tuner, this is a level six monster. So here 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 we go. If you control another ice barrier monster, your opponent cannot activate effects of monsters in the graveyard. So that one turns off the graveyard. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so like just those two alone already, like, you know, like Ice Barrier has some tricks that they can do. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm surprised, but th this is really good support. And I think one of the funniest things that I ever heard was MBT, who whenever he was discussing Ice Barriers previously, where he said something akin to like, uh, it was like uh, in one of his Twitter uh, Twitter thread videos where he asked like what card usually shows up in a deck that isn't its own, and the ice Trish. barrier. Yeah, exactly, Trishula. I, the ice barrier monster showed up. Everybody was like, "Yeah, you never see them played in ice barrier." And he says, 
technically, lore-wise, that makes sense because the whole idea is that the Ice Barrier tribe is trying to keep the dragons from showing up. <laughs> so, you know, kind of a funny thing. Uh, but Ice Barrier isn't the only one getting love. We also have uh, Infernoids. I don't know anything about Infernoids. Can you talk to this? Because, like, I, I have... Uh, so, Infernoids, from what I remember, are either level 1 or level 8. Mm -hmm. And the level 1 special summon the level 8s. But you can only have, like, a total combined level on your field of, like, nine or something like that or 18 or something like that I, mm. and then then you just you you f play the fucking infernoid fusion or whatever it's called dump all of them to your graveyard and summon out a giant tira that has a billion and hack and does stuff and you're like ah, ha, ha, and then you lose well aren't they supposed to aren't they like uh don't they play by banishing and stuff like that uh maybe I pulled the uh, uh, the wiki up. It says the infernoid monsters cannot be normal summoned or set; must be special summoned by banishing other infernoids from the hand and or graveyard. While the combined levels or ranks of all effect monsters you control is eight or less. So you're right. Uh, the level four and lower infernoids all require one to be banished. Levels five to eight require the player to banish two infernoids, and the level nine and ten. Uh, require three infernoids to be banished all of them are either zero attack or zero defense except for the level nine or ten that have equal attack and defense so yeah it, it kind of looks i remember that i went up against this deck uh once or twice and i, I got so confused as to what the end goal was because they the, the end goal is to summon the big fusion monster and have it summoned with like I think four or five materials. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, it's not great, but it's it does some things. And it's kind of cool to play. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna win like a lot of games with it, especially against like current meta. Mm -hmm. One thing that surprised me is that they play remarkably well uh, from being banished. I don't remember what I was using against them, but I remember that I was having a hard time keeping them off the field. Um, and, and they they just had kind of like a lot of effects that would just kind of loop them. And that was frustrating to deal with. Uh, you know, all in all, like, I think that these are two archetypes that are receiving some some needed support. Will it make them meta? Probably not. You know, like, but it's always interesting to see new support for old archetypes, right? Uh, and not only yeah. that, but these aren't the only two. Uh, these, these are the two that I mentioned because to me they were the most interesting, but we also have support for aura whale, like, you know, like for white aura, like the fish archetype. And oh, the, yeah, and then you didn't think to mention the fucking Magispector stuff. Uh, yeah, Magispector was the other thing, yes, that, uh, you know, like Magispector is I'm getting actually, support. like, super excited for, because they're getting a, a link... A new main deck, a mm. new XCs, and a new quick play. Yeah, so, like, you know, a lot of old-school archetypes are getting a lot of, like, love. And it's exactly what I, you know, because we, we talk a lot of smack about Konami, but if there's one thing I love, it's that, you know, like, a deck is never really forgotten. They just, like, take forever to get around to give it support a lot of the time. 
And, uh, you know, like every now and then, like they will. And it's not always a win, but, you know, like as a fan of these archetypes, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see your deck get new cards and maybe it plays different or maybe it's stronger now than it was before. It's, it's pretty good. Um, it's actually, you know, like, I don't know. It's the the one thing that I'm like, you know what? Konami does a lot of things that make me kind of like question them. But then every now and then they do something that's just like really off the chain. Speaking of off the chain, Unchained is kind of off the chain lately. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 something that they've been doing. Yeah, you know what's funny is I kept trying to set that joke up and I kept forgetting that that's where I was going. So I kept ending my sentences without off the chain. So I kept having to start over. <laughs> have you have you seen where uh, the tech choice against Unchained has been like? I think it's called Mystic Might or something, or it's like a card from 15, 20 years ago that people have been using against Unchained because it like stops them. Really? What does it do? Uh, I am looking that up. Talk about Unchained while I'm looking it up. Sure. Gargoyle says, I don't recall Chain. <laughs> Uh, so Unchained is an archetype that came out in like 2019 uh, in, introduced in Chaos Impact and ever since it came out it was always kind of like it, is it strong? I mean kinda you know like it was always like a like a decent rogue option um, it wasn't ever gonna win like any events or anything like that and a lot of the times it almost felt like it needed a secondary engine to work like it wasn't just something okay. that, that was gonna win on its own uh, but it's, the new support that Marionette might Marionette Marionette might you say? Yeah. What you is can it? discard this card from your. You can discard this card to the graveyard. Take control of one face up fiend or zombie monster your opponent controls until the end of the turn. Interesting. Uh, so <laughs> anyway. So they've been using that against uh, Unchained. Note to self. Uh, but that being said. Uh, they got new support in Duelist Nexus. They got, like, what was it, like, two new main deck monsters and one extra deck monster, and it just made them really good. I think they got, like, two... They, they got, like, four cards, I want to say. Mm. Uh, but that being said, so, like, there has been two recent Yu-Gi-Oh! events, the Team YCS in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the Team... Uh, and the... Uh, not Team, but the regular YCS in Vancouver, Canada. And both of these events saw a champion take home the title using Unchained. And that was uh, for Sao Paulo, Brazil. Pack piloted Unchained uh, to victory. And in Vancouver, Canada, it was Jesse Cotton. Yeah, they got three cards. They got Unchained Soul, Lord of Yama, Yama mm -hmm. um, Unchained Soul of Shervara. Sharma. Unchained soul of Shima, Shimaya. Shimaya. Shum, Shimona. <laughs> but anyway, so like this is really cool because again, you know, like like with Inferno is like with Ice Barrier. This is just like one of those things where like your deck has potential. And if it gets the right support, it can just take off, right? Uh, so well, I mean, all, all decks had that at one point. If you remember when Mystic Mind was first put into the game. Oh, Lord, again with the Mystic Mind. <laughs> It's fair and balanced, and it helps no, it the, really the is not. people play. It, it's power to the people. I'm sure. <laughs> but so 
the cool thing about this is, you know, like uh, two champions taking home uh, titles with Unchained at, at YCS events. That's cool. Um, and, and suddenly, like all the player base seems kind of like, you know, like, yeah, that's the deck to beat. Right. And uh, up until up until like the ban list came out today, I was like, yeah, I bet you that Kashtira still beats them. You know, it's just like nobody wants to play Kashtira anymore because, you know, like we've been playing it for so long at this point, everybody's just kind of bored with it. And then the ban list drops and I was like, yeah, a Rice Heart band. And I was like, oh, okay, no, never mind. Unchained is fine. <laughs> Unchained is the deck to beat. <laughs> What's Unchained even do? It just blows up its own cards to blow up your cards, right? That's just stupid. It's uh, not good. Or it blows up its own cards to extend. So, you know. It's kind of like a really uh, fun effect. Uh, uh, don't look into that. Suddenly, things with like, things like Dark Hole serve like tw a twofold purpose, you know, because it's like I can like activate Dark Hole to blow up my monsters and your monsters, but my monsters float. So there you go. It's kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, you know, congrats to Pack and Jesse Cotton. Jesse Cotton at this point, I think uh, I heard recently that he's won six YCS events uh, or like three, six championships or something, making him like the it most... It wouldn't surprise me. He's he's really good. Yeah, ma making him like the most prolific Yu-Gi-Oh player uh, in the world right now. I think he's like the Seto Kaiba. Uh, yeah, he, he's like... When you talk about like pro Yu-Gi-Oh, he's one of the names that always comes up. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the man's got game. What can I say? And speaking of games, the Nintendo Direct! I don't watch anything about Nintendo. Yeah, so like, you know, basically the Nintendo Direct happened like uh, on the 14th, which was yesterday. Uh, 45 yeah. minute and video. they announced stuff. Yeah, they announced stuff. It was a 45 minute video where they announced a whole bunch of stuff, both, you know, remasters, uh, remakes, and new AAA titles. They announced like, uh, what do you call it, uh, new uh, release dates for things that we've been waiting on. Uh, so kind of cool, you know, like uh, I mentioned a couple of things here that uh, were, were uh, I figured would be like really awesome to talk about. Like, for example, for for example, for example, the Tomb Raider example, <laughs> Tomb Raider one through three remake example. So the first three Tomb Raider uh, titles are going to be re-released on the Nintendo Switch remastered for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so, you know, like if you're a fan of Laura Croft, if you, and here's the, here's something that I thought was fun is that they give you the option. Like, how do you want to play your Tomb Raider titles? Do you want to play them with like classic pixels or would you rather, you know, like have a, a more updated UI? <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like, do you want to play with like classic block Laura? <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Contra Dare. But Contra, yeah, that's my favorite card. That's your on. favorite Konami game, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's the this original like uh, Konami code was in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they announced a new Contra title for the Switch, so that's kind of cool. And finally, we have a release date for the Prince of Persia, the the Lost Crown, which I don't know if this is the one that was delayed or not. I I wrote it as that on the slide. I don't think so because that was weird because. Uh, a couple of months back when we talked about it, the, the big issue was that they went back to square one, right? So this feels really soon for them to be like, yeah, we're back to square one. Hey, guess what? We're we're, we're done now. It, it's probably like 
Okay, so it's it's it, I can tell you it's probably most likely like the Sonic movie when they were like, "This is what Sonic looks like. Have fun with this new like sleep paralysis demon." Right. And everyone like had an outcry, and they're like, "Ha ha! Just kidding. It's actually this." Right. It, they probably had this working and like on schedule, but they just were like, "Oh well, we're going back to square one to like drum up some kind of like." attention interest yeah yeah interest into it so now it has a release date set for january 18th of next year and uh one one thing that kind of came up that and this is not something that i ever expected to see a spy family game but from the trailer it has very little to do with being a spy it is it follows you basically play as anya trying to complete a school assignment which is to write a journal about your life <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a 60 dollars game right there yeah it's exciting <laughs> like uh, i don't yeah it is it was it always a game that would lend itself was spy family a franchise that would lend itself well to a game I, me personally if you like looked at it in a certain way maybe maybe but not in this way yeah no. not not in this way so th- this is weird it almost feels kind of like a like a pokemon snap type of thing you know it's not it, it's very it, different to me it's it's streaming like the old ps2 family guy game or something yeah yeah so kind of kind of it a even kind of looks like that <laughs> So, like, this is only one of the, the couple of things that caught my attention. There are some AAA titles uh, sprinkled in there. You know, you have a new Mario versus Donkey Kong. You have a new Princess Peach game. Uh, you know, like F Zero, uh, the original F Zero, got released in the most wacky way that you can imagine. Have you you know of F Zero, right? The racing game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I- Love that game. So F Zero is a racing game where you're basically racing like a futuristic hovercraft, right? Uh, and this one is called F Zero Ninety Nine because it's classic graphics, you know, from like the game thirty years ago. And the hilarious thing is like now it's like, hey, whenever you play F Zero Ninety Nine, you and ninety eight other players are on the same track, and, <laughs> and it's basically a battle royale for who gets to come in first. And like you can, the, so you mean it's a race? the The track is so full of other vehicles that it's like you can only get hit so many times before you're out. So like, if you bump into other vehicles, you, you kind of like get hit. So uh, you're saying it's a race? It, it's a race, yes. Uh, so, but there's other things that go into it. Like, for example, like oh, if you're close enough to other collisions, you know, like they'll they'll drop like sparks or something that you can kind of pick up, and they act like sonic rings. And if you collect enough of them, you can kind of like uh, use them to like make a special a, a special path for yourself, where you're basically racing above the other racers, so that way you can cut ahead a lot. And, and like, there, there's other things. This such is as, literally just like space NASCAR that you're, you're yeah, describing. It's right now. basically what it is. It's space NASCAR. It's the craziest thing. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like, oh yeah, your your turbo meter. You if you get hit this many times, then you're out. Or hear me out. You could sacrifice some of your stamina, your your turbo meter, your health, to get a temporary boost and just kind of like really rocket yourself to the front. But you know, Sweet. like n- now you can get hit less. You know, like as the the more hits Smash you take, car. yeah. So it, it, it was kind of a crazy thing. Uh, other things that kind of came out of the Nintendo Direct that I thought were kind of cool. 
Uh, Nintendo announced uh, that they're opening a Nintendo museum in Kyoto Prefecture in Japan. Yeah, I mean, they should have museums to their company. Yeah. Like, they've been around since, what, the 80s? Uh, They've been around for a significant amount longer than that, because before they got into video games... The Mario part. We don't care about the before the video games part. We care about the video games part. I'm pretty sure there will be like a display on what they did before the video game part. They probably they probably made it was like Goodyear. They made tires and then they were like, "Oh, let's go give people Michelin stars or something." Uh, I'm you I'm mean mixing up companies. Goodyear? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> That's like when Goodyear opened the Firestone restaurant to give people Michelin stars. Speaking of spinoffs, league spinoffs, the RPG. Wait, 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 back, back, back. Oh my god. Speaking we're of not, whatever this slide is. So, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. One piece is real. So. Thank you for watching. Also, the please museum. remember to like, comment, and share. The museum. <laughs> the museum will open in March of 2024, and it will feature exhibits regarding, uh, you know, like products from Nintendo's varied history. So, <laughs> kind of a fun thing they did post, like a schematic of what they think it will look like. So, it looks neat, you know. Captain <laughs> 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 Speaking of spinoffs, uh, yeah, spinoff, Riot RPG. I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm pulling it in. I'm pulling it in. You're not doing a good job. No, I know. <laughs> You're, you're you're struggling worse than I am. <laughs> Sorry, that was just funny. <laughs> okay, so Riot Forge is doing some League of Legends spinoffs. It's great. Why does it have to be that you're a Yordle though? Like out of all, I get it. Yordles are like a prominent uh, race in the League of Legends universe, but I they're so like uninteresting. <sighs> You could have you could have picked like the people from, uh, what's it called, the like port city, is it Blackreach? No, it's not Blackreach. Uh, Bilgewater. Bilgewater, that's it. Blackreach yeah. is what's Blackreach from? That sounds like Skyrim to me. Elder Scrolls. It is. It is Skyrim. Oh, okay, good. great. Good. All right. So in Bandle Tale, you play as a Yordle. And you're trying to save your home after a party got, got went too crazy. It's literally the the description of the plot. Uh, a party got too wild, and then the the portals that connect Bandle Town to the rest of the world are malfunctioning. Basically, so using Yordle arts and crafts, you are trying to do everything you can to repair the portals. Uh, so, can this Yordle repair the portal? 
I hate everything about the <laughs> words that just came out of your mouth. Ah, yes. So why couldn't it be? They they could have at least been like, oh, this is the game that's based around when uh, Pentakill showed up. I, I mean, was, I like, wouldn't put it the past them. I mean, like, uh, well, additionally, he, here's a question for you, because. I, you I said see, Yordle Arts and Crafts. Yeah, Yordle Arts and Crafts. So like you're 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 sewing things together, you're you're collecting materials and you're using arts and crafts to put them together into usable tools to repair the portal. I don't know. I don't know about this one. It, it gave me weird Legend of Zelda, like classic Legend of Zelda vibes, you know, except like or maybe not Legend of Zelda, maybe that's wrong. Like like, I don't want to say Earthbound either because I still feel like that's wrong. But it, it's like it's in that vein, you know. It's it's like one of those things where it's like it's really cute. It's pixel art kind of. Uh, so you know you're trying to save Bandle Town, and uh, w- one thing that I was going to ask is you mentioned Bilgewater. I think they already had uh, a spinoff in Bilgewater. Wasn't that what the Cursed Prince was about? It was like an RPG. I don't know, maybe. But... I- Bilgewater is yeah. a lot more interesting than the Frailyard slash Town. No, oh, yeah. Speaking of the the other one is a platformer in the vein of like Banjo Kazooie. Uh, it's and called, you're following Nunu. Yeah, it's called the Song of Nunu. It's Nunu. not even like Robo Nunu. Yeah, it's not even. And Robo they Nunu. also took the like obnoxious laugh away from Robo Nunu. <laughs> this so, one slide has provided me with so much disappointment. So you're playing as Nunu and Nunu's homie. I don't know. Uh, in a, in a quest to recall your past as you traverse the frail yard. Uh, Nunu and who? His name is his name is Willump. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's like William, but it's Willump. I see. But w- one thing one thing that should be mentioned is that uh, what's his name? Brom. Braun? Yeah. Brom. Yeah. Yeah, he he shows up in the trailer, and he's also on the art that they provided here for for like the title card, right? So yeah. he's he's in this game. Is he a playable character? He is from the Frail Yard. He is from the Frail Yard. And he is also one of my favorite characters. So now I, I a redeeming quality. Same for me. Uh, not that I ever played League of Legends in any serious manner, but I did play like Legends of Runeterra, and I had like a Frail Yord deck, and Brawn was one of my favorite cards to play because it was like, yeah, have fun getting over this. <laughs> like it was so hard. So sometimes I see heart just needs warm smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, mother used to say, stand behind Brawn. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, just, I like it whenever Riot kind of branches out because like League of Legends to me is hard and it's not something that I want to try to get into after like the difficulty I've had in the past, but I enjoy the League of Legends brand and I would love to play it in different, in different ways. So, you know, huge fan of Legends of Runeterra. Uh, I probably will try Legend of Nunu, Bandle Tale. I don't know. I, I would have to see, you know, like maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but we're we're changing gears now. We're going to anime news. Um, do you know of the anime called Full Metal Panic? I have heard of Full Metal Alchemist. You want to know what my favorite episode Incorrect is? Incorrect one. Involves... It does not have a dog in it, even. <laughs> so, uh, Full Metal Panic is an anime about like a girl who 
happens to possess i don't know she's like some kind of savant and and she can kind of like create like these technologies that uh that are then used to be built into mechas as kind of like engines called lambda drivers right and uh, the engines make the mechas really powerful and the world wants that technology so they find these savants and hunt them down so our main character Kaname is completely unaware that she's one of these savants called the whispered in lore and uh this uh humanitarian organization the these world peacekeepers known as Mithril uh, send one of their top agents a 17-year-old uh high school student uh, to, to basically attend her high school alongside her and keep her safe from attackers get, without her knowledge so as far as she knows, she's just being stalked by this weirdo. And, and this weirdo happens to be a military expert who's been in battle since he was eight, uh, trying to adjust to the life of a normal teenager. It, it's kind of like a fish out of water story. It's kind of funny. Um, uh, yeah. 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 So the uh, the voice actress and the voice actor for this uh, for these dynamic duo uh, for uh Kaname Chittery is uh, Lucy Christian, whom you may also know as Nami from One Piece. And uh, the, the other one is Chris Patton, who I don't know his filmography. So, uh, uh, but L-A-D-Y, Nami's not sure. Who's that? It's on the hill saying, I'll be king of the pirates. I'm, I'm going to be king. Yayo, yayo, yayo. Ho, ho. Ho, ho. Set sail for One Piece. Set sail for One Piece. Anyway, uh, so... Lucy Christian posted uh, on Twitter saying that they're going to be adapting some Full Metal Panic novels. And she and Chris Patton will be working on said novels, which will be available on Audible. Uh, so they will be reprising their roles as Kaname Chittery and uh, Sosuke Sagara. And they will be narrating the audiobook, which to me is fun. I'm like, oh, that is great. Uh, that, that is a fun little touch. And I am so happy that that's a real thing. Uh, so this is just kind of a fun thing, you know, like I, I'm happy to see this. I'm happy to see a, a return of this title that I loved, you know, like I actually start, watched this one when I was in high school. So this would have been like 2004. Uh, so kind, kind, of, kind of a fun thing. Uh, but well, it's like my mother always said, float like iceberg, sting like thrown iceberg. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, anyway, One Piece. The One Piece is real. Uh, One Piece live action season two announcement uh, dropped earlier this week. And the news was delivered by the creator of One Piece, Aichiro Oda himself, via a call from a transponder snail. If you don't know, in the One Piece universe, there's no such thing as telephones. You communicate using these psychic snails. Yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> just like looking at this nail like oh wow that's that's horrifying that's nightmare fuel <laughs> up next we're gonna talk about some other things that aren't so, horrifying. So, like basically it, it, it it's a nice little thing you know like Aichiro Oda thanks the viewers you know he says like hey I'm happy to see the continuing adventures of Inyaki Godoi who plays Luffy and the rest of the live action straw hats and uh, you know like we wonder what kind of adventures they'll get to next uh, the first season concludes with their addition, or well, basically with the conclusion of Nami's backstory. So, uh, the team thus far. Nami's not sure. <laughs> so, no, not, I won't do it again. So, thus far, we have Luffy, Zoro, 
Nami, Usopp, and Sanji, which means that next season should start with their uh, acquisition of a certain doctor. And uh, yes, the 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 this announcement Still? this announcement ends with uh, Aichiro Oda doing a quick sketch of everybody's favorite reindeer physician, Tony Tony Chopper. So you know, looking forward to it. There's a lot of hype ever since uh, Mother's Basement dro- uh, dropped his review of live action One Piece, where people are kind of uh people are requesting that chopper not be cgi that instead they they use a muppet uh, i i don't know dude I, I don't know how i feel about that i i would say Vern schroeder but i th- i think he passed away like a long time ago now mm-hmm. i don't know who Vern schroeder is he was mini me oh Right, right, right. Yes, he he passed away a lot. Yeah, what does that have to do with a Muppet? He, I was, he could have been uh, Chopper. I mean, you don't need like somebody inside of the costume. You know, you could just like make yeah, a Muppet. Yeah, Schroeder was a uh, he was a classic. That's true. But I, I don't know. He's hey, two foot eight. It remains to be seen what the casting will be, but I, I'm excited for it. You know, Chopper is a character He's in One Piece. Two foot eight, or he was less than half my height. Yeah, it's, that that is significantly less than half your height. You're a tall, tall guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess to to kind of like wind down, we do have like one last piece of uh, of gaming news, and that's that Unity, the the popular game engine, is uh, doing something that's kind of baffling. Uh, so they recently came out with an announcement saying, you know, where basically they were saying, "Hey, developers, you better have my money." Uh, which uh, this basically translates to, hey, before we used to have a flat fee for you using our engine to like make video games. Now, starting in 2024, we're going to start charging you a per install fee. So like, you know, if you reach certain thresholds, you're going to owe us money for every install. And this isn't just like, hey, somebody installed the game. It's also kind of like somebody installed the game, got mad, uninstalled it and then reinstalled it we're going to charge you again you know so this is rough because there is a lot of games that use the unity engine two off of the top of my head that i you play is uh Yu-Gi-Oh master duel and pokemon go uh so like this hits free to play games specifically hard because you know like they they make their money kind of on the back end usually through like cosmetic uh upgrades etc well i i don't think it like i I don't i've not read into it i don't think it actually hits like the people who play the game as much as it hits the company who absolutely controls it because it's it's whoever it's installing unity to create video games not to like play them. I don't no, one hundred percent. You're yeah. you're right. It, it's not hitting the 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 pockets of the person playing the game. It's hitting the company, and this this is still kind of like a, a a weird thing because you know, like imagine that you know you're renting an apartment and then your landlord says, "Hey, we were just charging you rent, but now you know for every month that you stay here, we're also charging you an extra fee just because you're still here." You know, like it, it yeah. feels it feels kind of dumb. And additionally, it's this is just me kind of like regurgitating things that I've seen like said about it uh, about Unity as a as a company as a thing. Um, 
uh, you know, as I was doing research for this, but there's like a lot of comments everywhere on Reddit, on YouTube, uh, on uh, threads, etc. that Unity has kind of a history of doing stuff like this just to kind of piss off its developers. Um, so I don't know what the idea was here, but like, you know, the thing is, so free to game, free to play games are going to suffer because they don't usually make a lot. And now if they're being charged a per install every other month or whatever, uh, that's going to start hurting their bottom line. You could see a lot of games start to close. Um, I suspect that companies like Konami, who, you know, used Unity to make Master Duel, are probably not going to take this lying down. Chances are they will take this to court in some capacity. Nintendo, as I mentioned, you know, like Pokemon Go is made using Unity. So they're more than likely going to have something to say about this also. Uh, so my question is, because like I, I feel like it's a very real thing that Unity could suffer a huge loss off of this. Um, and the players could see some some of their games just kind of disappear if this isn't addressed before the new fees are set to go at the start of next year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So It's very, I'm going to take this gun and shoot myself in the foot on yeah. Unity's behalf. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's not smart. I I don't remember if it was this or if it was a different thing. But I was watching a video recently where they were talking about the CEO was like the same CEO that was over Battlefield, and he was wanting to make it to where like mid game you could pay to have your gun automatically be reloaded, <laughs> and it was just like. That's stupid. That is so stupid. <laughs> but it means that you're in charge of this because this is also stupid. Oh, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. What? <laughs> hey, yeah, he pays, like, he pays he, a little he extra money. For, he got fired for stuff like that because he was just like trying to be the greediest person alive. Yeah. And that's kind of what this sounds like, too. You know, like, hey, we're just being greedy at this point, you know? Like, because honestly, like, why look i'd be able to forgive it if it's like kind of like a, hey you know going forward we're gonna adopt a new model you know but like that's going forward but now but that's not what they're doing they're saying like hey retroactively if you've used our engine to make your game this applies to you you know like there is there is no grandfathering in yeah there's no grandfathering in like this is this is so stupid and it it's it feels greedy is what it feels like. So it's extremely greedy. Yeah, and I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I suspect the companies aren't going to take it lying down. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but if, if it was the the same dude, mm-hmm. he's going to get fired, and then the whole thing is going to get swept out of the rug. They they apparently have tried to like you know kind of clarify what their what their intention was on Twitter. I I haven't read it, so you know like I'll give you guys an update as I as I find out more. So like probably in the next Battle Face podcast, I'll I'll have something to say about it. Uh, but for now, this is what we know. This is where we're at. Uh, Unity, me, you know. And the worst thing about it is that like you know like as far as engines go, it's Unity or it's Unreal, you know. Like, and this is making it real easy for Unreal to just get a lot of business because Unity's just being dumb. (laughs) Uh, 
because we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, Gamma in the chat says that it's tw they're attempting to charge 20 cents per install. So, yeah, I, I heard that there were certain thresholds that you had to reach before that was the case, though. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a real thing, but, you know, like I said, you know, this is what we know thus far. Um, uh, two last things. Uh, <laughs> last time that we had an episode there, which was Sunday, I mentioned uh, Masashi Kishimoto, the creator of Naruto, posted a tweet where he asked what would describe Kakashi in one word. And then the same account posted this this pic, this tweet where it says, which series has the worst fans? And it's just like Naruto, One Piece, My Hero Academia, Bleach, Dragon Ball, Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, and or SpongeBob. And then fucking SpongeBob. And, and I'm asking myself, I'm like, dude, is Masashi Kishimoto okay? He's just trying to start shit. And it, I clicked on the account because I was like, is this the real guy? And most of the account is in Japanese, so I couldn't tell. Except for this one part, which was really hard to see initially. And it's really well hidden. And it just says, parody account. So it's not really him. <laughs> for a second there, I was like, dude, like, just shots fired, you know? <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's, it's MH, my hero academia. You know what's it's funny it. is that that apparently is a very common feeling. That that it's, it's the my yeah, hero crowd. Because... Because they are like the most gatekeepy crowd there is, and they they believe that their game is like a god. Their shows like a godsend. It's like no, it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, get but, off your high horse. Yeah, but yeah, really get off your high horse. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, what I've seen is I've seen on TikTok. You know, like there there's guys who go to conventions and they ask these questions of cosplayers and stuff, and, and you know, like I mind you, this is very easy to edit to give the false context. So, like, it's possible that he was asking this question and he was getting just a bunch of different replies, but he just hates My Hero, so he only showed the people who said that My Hero had the worst fandom, right? Uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, if you look at the other shows, like, arguably the best fandom would be, like, Bleach or... Uh, it's not Naruto, no. because Naruto is toxic, Dragon Ball Z is toxic, My Hero is toxic. Maybe SpongeBob. I mean, SpongeBob's a lot of the kids like that, and the kids are toxic. One Piece is maybe okay. Uh, the, no one likes Boruto, so that doesn't even have. You can't have a worst fan if you don't have any fans. <laughs> uh, and then my hero is probably like the worst of the worst. So the way I see it is, you know, like uh, I would say that you know, like probably Naruto and Boruto. Not the worst fans because, like, they too will usually acknowledge. Boruto doesn't have fans. Well, so. firstly, Boruto can, doesn't have fans. It. Yeah, but secondly, like the Naruto fans will usually acknowledge that the show jumps the shark pretty early on, and then it just kind of keeps trying to like top that. Uh, One Piece fans is difficult to say that they have the worst fandom. They're usually very welcoming. But here's the thing: you can't make eye contact with us, I One Piece fans. Because if you make eye contact with us, that is you giving nonverbal consent for us to tell you about One Piece lore. So, Which is toxic. Uh, Bleach, kind of the same as Naruto. They all kind of agree. Like, wow, did you notice that we that uh, Tide Kubo really just told us the same story in like the Weko Mundo arc that he did in like in the Soul Society arc? It's the same story. Uh, you know, just different characters. Uh, and then we have like, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
Jujutsu Kaisen, fairly new. Uh, I've never met a Jujutsu Kaisen fan who was awkward or weird. I've, I've never met a Jujutsu Kaisen fan. Yeah, I, I've met a few, and they're usually pretty cool people, you know, like, not bad. Attack on Titan gets weird because sometimes they'll try to defend, like, the war crimes committed by the main character, and it's kind of like, dog, listen, I know you I stuck... I mean, war crimes are fine. I'm like you, you stuck with fun. the you stuck with the homeboy for four seasons. I understand it's kind of hard to you know like to kind of like pull out of this sunk cost fallacy, but you know <laughs> you gotta acknowledge that the boy kind of like went a little dark there. You you can't really justify. You can't really stand with him. You know it's just and of course SpongeBob fans. I mean like the the memes, the memes, the SpongeBob memes. You know so. Yeah. I'm just like my hero by default just has the worst fans, right? And, yeah. And I'm saying this as a person who likes my hero academia. Well, see, the, it's there's, fine. There's nothing wrong with the show. No, the show I is didn't great. I care for the show, but like the people who actually like enjoy the show to where they call themselves a fan of it mm-hmm. are are usually the ones that will just like if you mention any other anime they'll fucking go on a, a tangent on how my hero academia is better because Deku has this power and he's able to do this and they're all balanced where in this anime they're not balanced and it's like shut up. Who no, cares? I, I do have to say this. One thing I forgot to mention is Dragon Ball Z. The one thing I don't like about Dragon Ball Z fans is that it, it always Dragon, devolves Dragon to Ball like Z's always Goku's the strongest. Can you be Goku? Show. Every single time. You're like, oh, dude, did you see, like, the new episode of One Piece? Luffy just fucking decimated a pacifista. And then he's all like, but can he beat Goku, though? I'm like, they're not even in the same universe. Will you let it drop? The, the, the problem with that <laughs> is that the way they wrote Dragon Ball Z is that Goku is always going to be the strongest. And if he's not, he's going to train to become the strongest and then become the strongest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when you get like people who are like, but what if he fights Superman? Yeah, it's it's so infuriating because it's like, who fucking cares? They're not in the same universe. They wouldn't fight in the first place because they're both good guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we well, I mean, Goku, Goku would, just, Goku like, would fight because he enjoys Superman. fighting, but uh, that's false. But uh, that being said, uh, so like, I, I gotta point out that Royal Gargoyle in the chat says something hilarious because he's he points out like, but Bard, you speak of lore all the time. Yes, yes, that's true. As we all know, your favorite Bard is a lore whore. And if there's any lore to be spoken of, I will tell of it, if I know of it. That brings us to the end of today's stream. Again, you know, uh, for for you guys who are watching on YouTube, thank you for stopping by the chat and hanging out with the boys. Uh, remember to like, sub, and share. Help the boys uh, grow. Uh, and for all of you on the podcasting platform, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc., Thank you for stopping in and listening. Uh, And if you'd like to be part of the chat, uh, join us on YouTube. We're live on Fridays and Sundays. That's when this show is recorded. And then Bard edits it, and it takes a while to get to you guys. So, you know, like, uh, but if if you're with us live, you're welcome to chat with us in the chat. We, we, we are always reading the chat. We're picking out which comments make us laugh the most, and we, we say things about it. And also, if you share with us what's, what's happening 
in the world of nerdum surrounding you. Let us know. We were happy to hear about that. This podcast, after all, is a celebration of all things anime, trading cards, video games, and just nerdum in general. Right there? Kind of. Yeah. That's what we advertise, yeah. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, like, uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for, for chilling with the boys. We'll be back on Sunday with an episode. This Sunday, we're actually going to stream a little later than normal right there because, uh, you know, uh, I got a birthday party to go to. But uh, we're it's it's going to be a regular hangout stream like it was last time. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's complete. I completely remember that's what we were doing. Yeah, it's gonna be a hangout yeah. stream, just you know, like me, Dare, and you guys in the chat. We're just gonna be chilling, talking about all the cool stuff that that's been happening in our our spheres of interest. And uh, so we'll see you then. Until next time, I have been the Midnight Bard. I have been Brom. <laughs> and adios. Stand behind Brom. <laughs>